0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Hospital ISM Report on Business Teleconference. I'm Rosemary Goupil, and we will begin here shortly. I'm joined this morning by Christina Cahill. Christina, are you able to hear me okay? Hey, Rosemary, you sound great. Great. Thanks, Christina. And um, Nancy, have you joined us this morning? Yes, I have. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, Um, we have a few announcements before um, getting started this morning. Today's overview is presented by Nancy LaMaster, Chair of the Hospital ISM Business Survey Committee. As a reminder, our call today is being recorded and this is a live teleconference. We ask that everyone please mute your line until the end of the call to prevent background noise. And the next hospital PMI release of the December report will be released on Tuesday, January 9th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, the beginning of 2024. And I would like to thank everyone for joining the Institute for Supply Management today for the release of the hospital ISM report on business. Are there any reporters on the line this morning that know that they're going to have a question for Nancy this morning? Wonderful. Um, sounds good. And anyone else um, that will have a question? This
1: is Paul Lee. I'll have a question.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Paul. Um, all right. Anyone else? All right. Well, it does look like everyone that's, um has joined us. So I will now turn the call over to Nancy Lemaster, chair of the... Hospital ISM Business Survey Committee. Please go ahead, Nancy, with your overview of this month's report.
2: Thank you, Rosemarie. Well, if you remember where we left off in October, Dan and I were having a discussion about whether or not we were going to see a new pandemic, post-pandemic kind of normal that showed that the demand for healthcare services was just lower in general than it had been and and we left off with don't know but there were some things coming out of some of the uh, manufacturers of implantable devices that was starting to question whether we were seeing a shift in the market overall and then November came roaring in and you know I would say that this November of 2023 Looked like the November's that I used to see back when I was at BJC. It is was just a very what has become typical fourth quarter month for hospitals. The hospital PMI came in at 59.8, up 7.7. You look at it, the pieces, the the volume indicators, business activity was up 18.5%. So it jumped from 52. To 71, new orders up 7% um, from 55 to 62. Um, And part of what made this possible was look at that employment number. We were up 7% from 48 to 55 because we've talked extensively about it's really hard to tease these numbers apart and know that in some cases, business activity is lower, is it constrained by demand or is it constrained by staffing? But um, in November, we just saw strong demand across the board. Um, And if you look at the backlog of orders, you know, it kind of stayed basically the same. It still is in contracting at 48.5, but if you look at how that translated into business activity, or I mean new orders, we kind of take a backlog of orders then going to new orders, um, you know, it, it obviously didn't hurt anything. People were able to get get scheduled and, and, and arrive. If you look at the comments, um, combination, a lot of comments about increased elective surgeries. We've talked about how that, that has changed over the years with high deductible insurance. You know, what used to be a soft quarter for hospitals, the fourth quarter, nobody wanted to have surgery before the holidays, has flipped. Um, and it now usually one of the strongest quarters because people are um, meeting their deductibles and are having procedures before January and a new deductible uh, year starts over. So strong electives, but we also saw several mentions about increase in respiratory um, conditions and that, you know, used to be flu for adults, um, RSV for children, Um, but now, of course, that includes COVID, and it also includes the fact that we're seeing a little bit more RSV in elderly. Um, I don't know if it's a huge uptick or if it's more people are talking about it more, but we definitely saw some respiratory um, volume in there. Nothing in the comments indicated it was excessive or beyond what the hospitals planned for this time of year. Um, So strong, strong volume. What was going on on the Which starts to put them within striking distance of flipping over into the faster. Um, comments would indicate uh, a kind of uh, more stability in the supply chain. But I know anecdotally, again, we've been hit with some shortages related to sterile fluids and tubing, and some of those things that are real basic supplies. That when you know those are uh, they're dealing with back orders on that or product substitution painful thing in top of mind. So supplier deliveries came in at 51. If you look at inventories, that was interesting, but not totally surprising. So inventories um, moved from contracting at 45 up into growing at 54.5. Two things are probably driving that. One is that manufacturers tend to take inventories in January. And hospitals have learned, especially with pharmaceutical manu—pharmaceutical uh, phar- ah, manufacturers that the likelihood of stockouts in January is, goes up, and so they often stock up in November and December. The other thing is, in the pharma market, we tend to get price increases every January and every July. So, again, they may be trying to hedge a little bit uh, by, by increasing that. The other thing is, as we talked about, respiratory illnesses hit in the winter, hospitals have been making a a considered effort to reduce inventory, burn off some of that old PPE, but my guess is that as we kind of get to the end of the year, um, we're seeing a little bit more stocking up. If you look at the inventory sentiment, you know, again, it's too high, uh, even faster, so they're building inventory, conscious of the fact that it may be a little high, but they also are very, uh, you know, sensitive to not wanting to get into the shortages that they've experienced before, wanting to be prepared for the winter season. No, um, no break on pricing. Um, we saw prices overall increase by one percent from fifty-nine to sixty pharmaceuticals from 52 to 55, uh, basic supplies held constant. So, you know, obviously could have been worse, but we still are not seeing any kind of decline like we saw in the manufacturing sector. That's just not making its way through into the finished goods sector at all. So still a lot of pressure on pricing, which puts a lot of pressure on margins. We talked about the fact that employment had gone up quite a bit, in the comments there, you know, it just seems like, you know, there's such an ongoing push to hire the, um, especially clinical labor and, you know, some of that played out this month and they were able to increase that. We just seem to really be uh, going back and forth between growing and contracting. I didn't see any mentions this month um, about Planned reductions um, where uh, layoffs or freezes. Um, so, in terms of the non-clinical labor, that may have stabilized. Again, it's really hard in in the world of hospitals um, where your demand doesn't go down, and so the um, you know in other businesses demand goes down, profitability goes down. You know they can they can right size their labor force. In in healthcare, there's a A disconnect between volume and demand and profitability and so in many cases hospitals are very busy making it very hard to right-size staff Um, and so a lot more focus has to go on trying to control supply costs and trying to drive that elective uh, volumes that bring better revenue with them so that's kind of the you know the supply chain story if you look at the touchless orders uh, they remain the same at 51.5. That's usually a good sign, you know, when those are growing, although, you know, we're just kind of barely above the contracting, only two months of that, but still, you know, that's that's a good sign that the supply chain is a little more stable when we can get that up. Case 6 index at 54, up from 51.5, more in the range that I would expect this time of year. Um, I would expect us to see that hold maybe go down slightly, but um, that kind of assumes that the strong volume plays into December. Anecdotally, people I'm talking with are indicating we're still seeing really strong volumes, and that's not a surprise. Days payable outstanding, growing a little bit, up 1%. Technology spent took a nice uh, jump up to 57, 1.5%. So, you know, overall, it was just a, what I would call a very typical end-of-the-year month, strong volume with electives, starting to see an increase in demand for, or increase in volume due to respiratory illnesses, supply chain, pretty stable, some, you know, specific shortages here and there, but that is pretty much always the case, so, um, so it was, it was a from a hospital perspective you know you hate to say that but you know more sick people are are good we always say that it's not we want them to be sick but if they are sick we want them at our hospital so it was a strong month for hospitals so i'm going to pause there and take a sip of coffee and and turn to dan for questions
1: hi nancy good morning um you had talked in the past about um Um, and you, you may have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but hospitals basically can um, uh, change their rate on what they uh, bill Medicare. Does that typically happen at the beginning of the year? So is that something hospitals will be gearing up for very soon? And, do, you know, is there a chatter that, you know, that that will happen, you know, because of the concerns that the margins are still not where they want them to be? So hospitals,
2: Based on the diagnosis, it doesn't matter what it costs to take care of the patient, and it doesn't matter what hospitals charge. So the the only time the fee, the charge, comes into play with Medicare is in a situation what's called an outlier, and it's it's somebody that's really, really, really ill. And let's say the average length of stay is five days, and they're they're twenty. It's a special payment mechanism, but that's not the majority of time. So hospitals can't pass on any cost increases to Medicare. Medicare decides once a year what type of increase it's going to give. And I could do some research on that, Dan. I don't know if that's out yet. It probably is. It's usually 1% to 2%. It's pretty much never anywhere near the actual inflationary cost. The only place that hospitals can adjust their rates and potentially impact their payment is with the private industry, managed care industries. And that's gonna depend on their contract. Um, So in some cases, they can do that. Um, I think, I'm sure that everyone is looking, you know, it's that constant push and pull, right? Insurance companies are trying to push the rates down and hospitals are trying to push the rates up. But that's the only place they can adjust their fee schedule
1: uh-huh and that can typically happen over the any time of the year not necessarily at the beginning of the calendar year right that's tug of war oh, uh, that's going to yeah. be based on their
2: contract and so um so it could vary
1: yeah okay yeah the only other question that i had is that would you, did you sense that there was a it was a typically busy month for ppe then you know then it's been in a while the only reason that i asked that is because it came up in the services report um You know, for the first time in the wild, did did you sense that it was a a pretty heavy month for PPE as people were gearing up for, uh, you know, winter virus season?
2: Yeah, I think that's probably you know a a piece of what drove the inventory increase. Pharmaceuticals probably drove it quite a bit, but um, you know, again, people are hospitals are trying to gauge how much will how much COVID will we see this winter? How much flu will we see? Um, And so, yeah, I'm I'm sure just having lived in that world that you're right, what you're hearing and seeing is that they're they're building up some, um, again, to just be cautious, cautious by nature, right? Um, As we see how much of that uh, respiratory illness makes its way all the way to the hospital, very different from cases being seen in the general population where we're now using antivirals and medications that lessen the severity of it versus what are we seeing actually make its way into the hospital. into more hospitalizations. But I think that the fact that we do have um, vaccines for both um, and we do have the antiviral medications for both puts it more in the category of manageable. Um, I think unknowns are like, but it's no different than the flu. Every year the flu mutates and they have to try and Come up with a flu vaccine that handles the new mutations so the same is going to be with uh, COVID. RSV has always been around but it has never made the news like it is now because there was never a vaccine and it was really very much limited to children and particularly premature babies. It was very much a part of the children's world. Um, whether there's actually a lot more RSV and elderly, or it's part of the marketing campaign for the pharmaceutical companies that some of the more jaded people would say, um, it remains to be seen. But it's great that they do have a vaccine because it's a very dangerous illness for for, for particularly premature babies. So we are seeing that. Um, It remains to be seen and that's what we'll be watching as we uh, go through and one of the reasons the hospital report on business is is really important is that it's kind of one of those leading indicators so we will be watching as we go into December January February to see what kind of a um, kind of a new normal rate of hospitalization for respiratory conditions is going to be um, and I think everybody's kind of waiting to see out and nobody really knows they have models and projections and all of that but we won't know till the real world evidence turns up but I think hospitals are very uh, proactive and you know feel at this point at least what I hear anecdotally that they're going to be able to manage whatever peaks we might get in respiratory and maintain their elective volume and we won't see the shutdowns or or the um, you know the challenges that we had in during more of the pandemic days.
0: Yes, yeah, thank you.
2: All right, anyone else on the line with
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for your wonderful overview and analysis of um, this month's data. And we look forward to talking to everybody in the new year. Thanks, everyone.